If you are uh, listening to this on November 1st, 2022, uh, this is one of two podcasts we're dropping today. This is the Top 5 Things podcast, yes. a review of what we got done on our morning show, which you can hear every weekday morning, 5.30 until 10. But we're not done. Yeah, no, there'll be a patron-only show, right? Yep. What can you tell us about that? What have you got planned? It's coming very soon. Wonderful. Well, let's look forward to that together. If you're a patron, uh, you can uh, you can get some extra special bonus exclusive for you, Dave and Darren content. In the meantime, let's tackle this. These are the top five things that happen on the morning show. We'll start with... Number, number one. Number one. Number one. 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 Number one. A TikTok influencer in some trouble for hitting a golf ball into the Grand Canyon. Thought this would be a nice little video to put on her uh, uh-huh. on her feed there for her nearly seven million followers. You know what we call that here at the Grand Canyon? Littering. She has nearly seven million followers on TikTok. Uh, she's in trouble with the Grand Canyon Park Service. She also allegedly threw her golf club into the canyon near Mather Point after hitting the ball. Yeah, that makes it worse. Uh, the park's saying here, do we really need to say don't hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon? The National Park Service sharing this video on their Reddit page. Uh, her, her identity is uh, Katie Sigmund. And we're going to make known- an example of you. Well, they should. She's known for her recreational passion for golf. Her recreational littering? <laughs> and littering. Yeah, people uh, not thrilled when they saw this video. They reported her to the Grand Canyon Park Service. Uh-huh. Not to mention, couldn't hmm. somebody be down there? One of the Bradys or something? Yeah, she could have killed someone below the rim. That's a good point. That's a... Got hit with a golf ball that was hit from up there? I don't know. All I know I is... I mean, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be down at the bottom of the canyon. It's not going to be me. Jim, but... Jim Backus and I were eating beans out of a flashlight, and the next thing I knew... <laughs> That's right. The next thing I knew... Uh, Golf ball hit him in the back of the God, head. God, I want that now. I forgot about eating beans out of a flashlight. <laughs> Do they have that? They have to. You mean? Are you asking me if it's something that they can they can fix for you at the Grand Canyon? Well, you could just make your own. But I'm just wondering if they have uh, the flashlight that is really just a container. Help me remember when they went. Uh, the episode is called Grand Canyon or Bust. Why? Every did- time they went anywhere, they got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up locked up in a jail in a in a ghost town, or they're they they end up being kidnapped and held hostage in a cave in wasn't, Hawaii. Wasn't there one where they went to uh, Cincinnati, the uh, theme park there? Yeah, and and somehow they lost the blueprints in a yes. They had to go racing around just in time to get the blueprints to <laughs> the uh, otherwise. Uh, uh, Mike is going to be killed by the mob or something. (laughs) The three-part episode started with Ghost Town, USA. Okay. The Bradys decide to stop for the night before they get to the Grand Canyon. They take a pit stop in Old Cactus Creek. That's where, they, in this ghost town, they meet a prospector, Zachariah T. Brown, played by Jim Backus, who you might remember as Mr. Howell from Gilligan's Island. He's certain that the Bradys are after his gold, so he locks them in a jail cell. 
The family then sets them on fire. <laughs> the family then ties items together to get the key to the cell, freeing uh-huh. themselves. Yeah. But when they get out of the jail cell, they realize that Jim Backus has taken their car and their trailer. So then they, they get into... Left him for dead. <laughs> the next episode is called Grand Canyon or Bust. The Bradys get to the Grand Canyon after Mike and Peter find Zachariah and the car. Even though they were told not to go exploring on their own, Bobby and Cindy leave the, after they see a Native American And boy. join a cult. They leave the family area. Bobby and Cindy are now lost in the Grand Canyon... And the family is just yelling, Bobby, Cindy, the whole episode. And then in the third and final episode of the adventure called The Brady Braves, Bobby and Cindy become friends with Jimmy, the Native American boy, who tells them that he has run away. He helps Bobby and Cindy find their way back to camp, but he asks that they not tell the family about him. Bobby and Cindy sneak food. It's a hot dog and a flashlight. Why did I think it was better? Why did I think it was beans? Because I think beans work better. The uh, the family finds out about Jimmy. Although Mike has a talk to with Jimmy about why he ran away. They meet up with Jimmy's family. There's a ceremony, and the uh, Brady's all receive honorary Native American titles. And then they're scalped. Yeah, I have a feeling that. I guess it makes more sense to put a hot dog in a flashlight. You could actually, if you took the guts out or the batteries of everything and put a hot dog in a flashlight, you could use it again. Yeah. If you put beans in there. Am I, why did I think it was beans? It was beans and Franks, wasn't it? Could be. Beans it wasn't just a hot dog. Yeah, I think you're right. If you promise not to tell. Don't tell anyone. Don't ever try to use this flashlight again. What? This flashlight feels gross. What did you... <laughs> Kids do with this flashlight. Bobby, Cindy, what, what's going on here? What are, what are you who's, doing? Who's going to pay for the, the flashlight? <laughs> what, have you kid, what have you kids done? I think we're going in circles. I think I'm going out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think licking that toad was a mistake, Bobby. What's the matter? Oh no, here comes it. I think Let licking me handle that. This, Cindy. Here comes the Native American boy. I think licking that Native American boy was a How? bad idea. How what? Oh my god. So so this Native American uh, comes down the hill, this little boy. And Bobby greets him by saying, how? Oh, boy. Uh, how are you? I'm okay. I'm Bobby Brady, and this is my sister, Cindy. I'm Jimmy Pacaya. Do you live around here? Well, What no. do you think? No, I, uh... What do you think, stupid? Do you have any hot dogs and a flashlight, or what are we doing here? No, Too far. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a canyon-to-canyon salesman. A real Indian? <laughs> Have you seen a camp around here? One with tents and stuff? Yes, I, I know saw what a camp bus. is. Why, why are you treating me like... Oh, I understand what a camp is. Bus? Sure. Hey, great. We're kind of lost. Could you help us get back to our folks? No. Why not? I've got my reasons. Yeah, good. I like that kid the best. You get nothing from me. Speaking of camp, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> are on those rocks 
up there, you'll be able to see your camp. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. You really saved our lives. Ah, uh, it's nothing. It your, is Your true. lives are nothing to me. <laughs> your lives are nothing. I'd like to point out that Bobby, uh, Cindy, and the native boy, mm. none of them can act. Isn't there some way we can pay you back? This is an un, this is not a believable situation because you guys deserve to lose your union card. It seems like we're watching a, a school play. We could do this. Yes. I'm kind of hungry. You think you could give me something to eat? Sure, but we'll have to wait till tonight when everybody's asleep. That's okay. I'll be by those big rocks we just passed. Good God. Hey, see you Thanks later. a lot. Our acting in, the, in those Fox 18 Bobby! promos were better than this. Andy! Uh, that sounds like mom. Yeah, it is your mom. Of course it is. How? how Who else, else would be calling those names? What, you think the cactus knows your name? It's mom. Mother! What, do you think they're looking for Bobby Cindy Burger? Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, you're all right. Yeah, no, yeah. we've we've changed. We're going to grow up to be a couple of weirdos. We're sorry. We didn't mean to get lost. It was just an accident. Well, don't you ever wander away from us again, you hear? And just to make sure that you never do. <laughs> we're going to we're going to cut your toes off. <laughs> Cindy, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I know a way to slow you down. What are you crying for? I was thinking about what we'd do with your rooms. Now I don't get to use them. I'm crying because I had such plans. Ugh. I thought we were so much... I thought your dad and I were so much closer to being empty nesters. Because I'm so happy you're back. I thought you'd cry when we got lost. <laughs> I, I cried then, too. Guess we make her cry no matter what we do. Mom's going through some stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, all right. She but just, from now uh, on, nobody goes off alone, right? She's right, discovering right. some stuff about Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Mom cried when she found that box under Dad's bed. Huh? Right. Okay. And you two guys, you don't go away from camp without being with an adult or with Greg or Marsha. Greg okay. or Marsha? What? Huh? Okay. okay. Okay, kids. Come on, let's get cleaned up for dinner. Now to put these beans and Franks in it. A... How are we going to get the food for Jimmy? I've been thinking about it, and I got a plan. What we're going to do we're is... Gonna, we're going to... I got a plastic bag that we're going to hide in, hide in you. <laughs> it was baked beans in the flashlight. Yeah. Here, someone has gone through the trouble of putting together a diagram of what, of what that looked it would like. look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was beans. It yeah. was beans and Franks beans and, and Franks, beans. not yeah. just a hot dog. Hot yeah. dog would have been a better idea. It does make more sense because those big D batteries, you could take yeah. those out. You could get a hot dog in there. Yeah. yeah that does... And still keep it operational. Gosh, I guess if I did have a concession stand in the Grand Canyon, uh -huh. that's what I would serve. Beans, beans and, and weenies in inside, served inside a flashlight. Now, now you're talking. Hi, I'm Florence Henderson, and you're listening to Dave and Darren. Two. 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 You know, Drew Barrymore has a TV talk show and has yes. for a number of years. 
Yes, it's on during the day. I was flipping around the other day, and it was on. And it was something else. It might be my new favorite show. Why? What does she do? Well, she and this fellow was, uh, was doing, like, uh, decorating tips around the house. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, oh, yeah, here's a chair, and you can put a cover on it. Now it looks like a different chair. And she was blown away by it. She, she couldn't believe they what she was They did what to the chair? They had like, a, uh, like an old chair, mm-hmm. and they put like a cover on the chair. So then they made it like a, a, like a white cover that they put on the chair. And it's like, well, look at it now. It looks like a completely different chair. Okay. And she was losing her mind. And then this fellow who's her uh, decorator on the show, he starts to pour uh, two glasses of wine to celebrate what they did with the chair. By throwing a cover over it. Yeah. Right? So... It's the Drew Barrymore show. This guy is on the show with her, and I, I'm assuming has been on for some time. This was really my first chance to watch the show. And I thought, this is, this is what they're doing. They're putting a cover on an old chair to make it look like new. Like, this is the whole segment. And this guy was so proud of himself. He goes and gets a bottle of red wine, yeah. and he starts pouring a glass for him and a glass for Drew yeah. so they can enjoy what they've done. Yeah, And he hands... Oh, no. He hands the, the red wine to Drew, and she goes, I don't drink. Uh-huh. Drew is someone who has, you know, living a sober lifestyle. I ruined it. Right. I ruined this long ago. She says, I don't drink. He goes, oh, well, then I'll just move this. I'll just drink this, both of them. He then. fumbles, and then the red wine goes all over the white chair. And, then, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is traumatic. How are we going to get that red wine stain? And then all of a sudden, she just starts sucking the wine off of the chair. No, it's like I'm off the wagon. I don't drink unless it's in a chair. That's my that's my get out of jail free card. It's my loophole. No, no. Then they do another segment on how to get stains out of chairs. Oh, I see. So the whole thing was, was a gag. Was set up so that Drew can explain all the ways you can get red wine stains out of chairs. Yes, soda water. Yes! Oh, you did. You do watch the show, then. I, no, I did not. But club I, soda, yes. I, club soda. I know things. She, uh, well, her, smart. The first thing she did was she got a paper towel, and she's, she's saying, like, what you do with this paper towel is you just did she stand on top uh, of it, and you try and get blocks? some of the... You blot right onto the paper towel. Uh-huh. And this fellow was like, wow, Drew, I had no idea... And then she's trying to make him feel bad about spilling wine. And he Uh goes, it was an accident. And she goes, was it, though? Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Was it an accident? There was so much going on. And before I knew it, 12 minutes had passed, and I just watched Drew Barrymore. You were sitting there with your mouth just wide open. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And it turns out today on Drew Barrymore, it's on Channel 4, I want to say at like 3 in the afternoon. Today on the Drew Barrymore show, she's going to do, for Halloween, a reunion episode with everyone that was in the movie E.T. with her. Well, that's not a Halloween movie. Yeah, it kind of is. Don't they dress uh, E.T. up as a ghost and go trick-or-treating with them? Oh, do they? Yeah, I think that's a big Uh, part of it. It's been 40 years. They dress him up as like an old lady or something, and they take him trick-or-treating. Oh, okay. My bad. Isn't that part of... E.T., and then he gets sick on the uh, Reese's Pieces or something, right? He does. Isn't that why he eats Reese's Pieces? Because it's Halloween? I do and know was... he ends up like in a drainage ditch. That's true. It doesn't end well for him. 
you, you look a little pale. So she's doing this reunion special with the kids and D. Wallace Stone today on the Drew Barrymore show. And Drew Barrymore <laughs> reveals that the whole time they were filming that movie, mm-hmm. she thought E.T. was real. Okay. She thought that that E.T. was not a puppet. It was a real thing. She was operating No, under- she didn't. No, I'll, you check it out. Now, I believed E.T. was real. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. Totally. Is it? <laughs> like, I, I really really loved him in such a profound way. Is it like true that what what would happen? Because I would go and take lunch to him. Well, yeah. Well, well, you would. The thing I remember the first. She's in her late 40s, right? And she's trying to figure out if E.T. is real. She was in the movie with the E.T. and had scenes. Here's the the thing. I saw that movie when I was 17. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Is this a documentary? The thing I remember is that this, we were on stage, and it was quite cold in the stage, on the stage, and uh, you asked the wardrobe lady if you could have a scarf for E.T.'s neck, because he was going to get cold. So you wrapped the scarf around his neck. But Dee has a great story, because... Well, you would go, we found you over there just talking away to E.T. <laughs> and so... We let Stephen know, and so Stephen, from that time on, appointed two guys to keep E.T. alive. So whenever you came over to talk to him, he could react to you. We told uh, Stephen that you thought, and that's when uh, Stephen had, uh, he electrified uh, E.T. That's kind of a cruel trick. Oh my God! This dummy thinks this this puppet is real. Everybody, nobody tell her. Nobody tell her that ET isn't real. Let's see how long we can get this going. Hook that thing up to about a thousand volts. <laughs> <laughs> then at the end of the movie, they kill ET in front of her. All right. You guys, no matter what, make sure she thinks this thing is a real alien. It was a different ending, but after <laughs> trick-or-treating with <laughs> E.T. <laughs> as we make our way to Thanksgiving. <laughs> I believed he was real. I really, really loved him in a profound way. I wonder if that, in some way, like, she must have found out at some point, you know, that wasn't real. Then I started drinking vodka in a... (laughs) Then... In a a, a (laughs) coat closet. (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh, That's not real? You're telling me it wasn't real? What else isn't real? So they would just constantly keep the puppet alive whenever little Drew Barrymore was in the room. So that she would continue to think that it was a real thing. Wow. Now, nobody tell her Adam Sandler isn't real. Because when she finds out that she did those movies with the Adam Sandler puppet, that's going to... Gonna... What do you mean we're no longer on the gold standard? 
I mean, everybody's saying, isn't that so charming that Steven Spielberg did this for her? I think he did it to her. It seems like someone should have been a responsible adult and said, honey, you're making a movie. You're making a movie? That's a, a puppet over there. Right, like we're not in someone's house right now. This is a set. These people aren't really your family. This is all pretend. You're pretending. This is... A... Now drill down on those lines. <laughs> and by lines, to be clear, you mean in the script. Yes. They weren't offering little Drew Barrymore. No, I hope not. No. <laughs> Let's get these rails done and film this thing. That... We got Firestarter to get to. Nobody's doing more coke than E.T. <laughs> E.T. up all night. Oh, poor Drew Barrymore. I'm, t- I'm not kidding you, though. I don't know what it was about watching her clean that wine stain for 10 minutes. It was the most satisfying thing I'd seen on TV he led in a long you to, time. He wanted you to believe that he was phoning home. He wasn't calling home. He was calling his dealer. Number three. 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 Darren, there are people who believe that the moon landing was faked. There are folks who believe that Australia isn't real. And there are folks who believe that birds are not real, that the government killed all the birds and and all the birds you see are actually uh, flying robots. And when they're on a a telephone wire, they're, uh, they're recharging. Yeah, I mean, all of it's nonsense. I hadn't heard the Australia thing. You never heard that Australia isn't real? It doesn't exist, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's that's another one. We'll have to get Johnny on the phone. Now there's... Well, he's in on it. Oh, I see. Everyone's in on it. He's an actor pretending oh, to be from Australia. Well, now he, there does, are, he does put on an act. It's quite an act. Now there are people who are going down the rabbit hole with this conspiracy theory, and it's this. Katy Perry... Is a robot. Where do I get me one of them robots? Apparently she was glitching during a concert the other night. What what do you mean glitching? Like having a little problem operating. Like having a stroke? Katy Perry, the pop star, gave birth to a daughter, Daisy Dove Bloom, back in 2020. Okay. In December of last year, she began a residency at the Resorts World Las Vegas. The residency is called Play, right? She doesn't have to go all over the world. She can just be in Vegas. You come to Katy Perry, and then that way she can uh, raise her kid without too much distraction or disruption. During a recent performance at her Las Vegas Play residency, Katy Perry appeared to have a glitch. As she was standing on stage, her right eye seemed to take on an artificial intelligence mind of its own. Repeatedly closing, despite the singer's best efforts to keep it open. Four different times, Perry reached up with her right hand and touched the side of her head on the temple, as if to hit a reset button for her eye functions. She's a robot, you see. People saying her clone is glitching, this is scary. It wasn't the eye thing that was weird. It was the fact that she acted like it didn't happen and went on with the show. Maybe she lost the Wi-Fi connection, someone's suggesting here. Software auto updates are loading. This 
this eye glitch of Katy Perry. Here she is doing it, Darren, and uh, it just looks like she's freezing and she can't get her eye open. And then she hits her the side of her head to get it open. That does look kind of robotic. What's going on there? Do you see that? Yeah, you might want to go see a neurologist. Yeah, get that looked at. She's got... Uh, that looks to me like a, nah. like a problem with a contact lens or something, right? Yeah. She is not, by or the way... Or part of the act. <laughs> I mean, she is on stage. Is she singing a song about being a robot? I mean, it's called play. Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's distressing. It's... Is she doing this on purpose? When she pushes yeah, yeah, the side yeah, of her head, the yeah. way the eye opens up is that's bizarre. You know, is I, there eyelash glue that's uh, I, I didn't want to believe she was some sort of fembot, but after looking at this footage, I'm willing to. <laughs> Katy Perry addressing the glitch here, posting the video, saying Welcoming all my flat earthers, spaces fakers, birds aren't realers, and sky isn't bluers to come see my broken doll eye party trick in real life in Vegas next Party year. trick. That's what she says. Yeah, so there you go. It's a party trick. She says the show set list is a fun trip down memory lane going all the way back to 2008. Wow. A time when we weren't all frozen by the paranoia of our own echo chambers. This show is a nonstop party about finding unconditional love, and strangely for me, not political at all. I pour beer out of my boobs. Ooh, that's yeah. a party trick, too. Wait a minute. What? 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 I can't stop loving what? you, Katy Perry. What? She says, hope to sing along with you in 2023, and we'll drink. This one's on me, because we're all hashtag chained to the algorithm. What? Does she do that during the show? <laughs> She's standing for some reason in front of a giant Budweiser sign during the concert. <laughs> Does she really? Oh my gosh. Okay, look at this. Her costume <laughs> is beer cans. <laughs> Does she really open up her... Does she open those things up and beer comes jettisoning out of her bosoms? Oh man, we gotta get to Vegas and I mean now. So that's something that she does. She pretends she's a robot, uh-huh. and then she cracks open the aluminum cans on her brazier, and then beer comes flying out of them? It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I tell you what, I didn't think... I didn't think there was anything new under the sun. This works for me, Katy Perry. Number four! Four. Four. Well, thanks to rain, there was not what we call the sports equinox last night. That's the the rare occasion where all of four of the uh, leagues have action. Uh, Game game three of the World Series uh, rained out. So now the next chance we'll have for a sports equinox will be on Thursday night, where there'll be Thursday night football and World Series and NHL and NBA action. And maybe there'll be another sports equinox on Sunday. We'll see. Why would you think there could be um, poor weather in Philadelphia in November? <laughs> it's or always sunny in Philadelphia. Halloween. That's what we've been led to believe. Isn't it always sunny? That, isn't that what everyone always says? 
Darren, I have here a collection of uh, people writing to advice columnists, not looking to strangers on the internet, but people who are somewhat certified and know what they're talking about. I have a couple of these that I wanted to share with you this morning. Uh, people writing with work problems and personal problems to various advice columnists. Uh-huh. How can I get my boss to follow me on social media after they've said no twice? <laughs> why, why in the world Whoa. would you want your boss to follow you on social media? I'll get that one. No. The, uh, <laughs> the writer uh, writes... I work at a company where coworkers and bosses also become friends. And it's overall Is that a, a good idea? decent work environment. It's not. It's overall a decent work environment. My field is in the world of social media management. My boss and I frequently send each other memes and TikTok through text. Oh, I don't know about sending memes. That can get you in trouble, too. Sometimes. Even if you're not involved. Sometimes <laughs> related to work and sometimes not. We're both on the younger side, and in general, the rules are very lax about folks being friends on personal social media accounts. I've asked if my boss wants to be friends on our personal social media accounts. Sometimes it's just easier to send things that way. And they decline, nope. saying they prefer not to be friends on social media with current direct reports. The boss is friends with other colleagues and previous direct reports, albeit no current direct reports until now. We recently added someone to the team, Brooke. She had left the department and applied for a job in the team I'm on. Throughout the interview process, I saw they were friends on social, and they remain friends on social. Even though Brooke is now a direct report, I asked my boss if we can be friends on social media now. They still declined and have said that since they were friends on social media with Brooke beforehand, that's different. My boss said that they do limit the things Brooke sees on their account and that I shouldn't take it personally. But how can I not take this personally? This really bothers me and also makes me worried about favoritism and exclusion as our team moves forward. What should I do? Can you, can you imagine being bothered by any of this? I'd like to fire you. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of hope the boss reads this and is like, is this you? You're gone. Out. Janae Desmond Harris in Slate advises the letter writer here to let this go, yeah. man. Quote, it's really unprofessional to bother your boss about this. Next, if they do follow you, Consider you'll be yourself lucky. If they do follow you, you'll be complaining they don't watch your stories or give you enough likes. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Here's someone writing uh, Amy Dickinson with a problem they're having in their neighborhood. How can I get my neighbors to quit tricking my 12-year-old son into babysitting and letting their kids bite him? <laughs> you have no control over that, huh? It's all seem very like, easy yeah, problems easy, to easy fix. Easy fixes, yes. <laughs> I need help to set some boundaries with our neighbors who moved in two years How, ago. Yeah. They were very friendly and sometimes... How about you just set some boundaries with your kid? They are very friendly and sometimes bring us food or gifts for no reason. For example, they recently gave my 12-year-old son a used blender. What? (laughs) 
Here you go, in case you feel like mixing up some drinks, you know. Hint, hint, hint. Eventually, you're going to probably be into margaritas. I feel guilty about my discomfort with them. But at the same time, I'm quite introverted, and I need some time to decompress when I get home. The neighbors and their children, aged four and five, are very outgoing, and the kids come to our house or yard at least four times a week. Sometimes they'll look in the windows to see if we are home. (laughs) If the front door is unlocked, the kids will walk right in by themselves. And they argue with us if we ask them to go home. The neighbor's four-year-old is also unpredictably physical, and he will sometimes bite, hit, or kick people. My pa- the parents asked my son to come over last night to play, and then at some point the four-year-old bit my son quite badly on the leg. When my son came home and showed me the bite, I asked where the parents were, and he learned that they had left the house and that my son was actually babysitting their kids. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with their lack of boundaries. I know there are much, much worse neighbors out there, and I don't want to overreact or cause a neighborhood war. How should I approach this? I don't know that there are worse neighbors than this. Uh, Amy Dickinson urges the writer of this letter to, indeed, set some boundaries. Quote, these neighbors have overstepped so extremely and unethically that you no longer need to feel guilty about anything. No one should ever put your son in the position these people did. Yeah, you need to have a conversation with your son. Right? Don't go over there anymore. And here's an idea, too. If I had neighbors where the kids were always walking in my house when the door was unlocked, the door would never be unlocked. Once the kids can't get in a couple times because the door's locked, that's the end of that. And and you're going to let a four- and five-year-old argue with you about being in your house? Pick them up and kick them out. It's very easy to do. Carry them to your pro- through their property. You can't beat a four-year-old kid in a fight? Granted, he's a biter, but still, you could take him. Here's another person with a workplace issue, Darren. They write, how can I get my employee to stop freezing out one of her supervisors because he told a tame joke about the royal family? Big fan of the royal family, huh? I'm a manager for a large company. There are five other people in my role, and we share two administrative assistants. One of the admins, Kate, is really into the royal family. We're in the United States. Yeah. When there is a wedding or a funeral, Kate will stream it at work, or she'll take the day off. There are also a lot of British decorations at her workspace, like a coffee mug with the Union Jack. A few days after Queen Elizabeth's death, the six managers were preparing for a meeting in the conference room, and Kate was helping. We were making small talk about current events, and another manager, William, said, quote, Looks like a 73-year-old man will finally get a job. The rest of us laughed. How dare you? The rest of us laughed or said things like, yeah, no kidding. But Kate was livid. She told William that what he said was disrespectful and hurtful. William said he was sorry, but it was not very genuine. Personally, I think William's joke was just fine. But he should have known better than to make it around Kate. I thought this would blow over, but since this incident, Kate refuses to acknowledge William or do any work for him. Annual reviews are in a few weeks, and I think this would be a good time to address this with Kate. It's not appropriate for her to freeze William out this way, and I want her to stop. But I'm not sure how to phrase this without sounding like I'm saying Kate is too sensitive or can't take a joke. 
things I know put people on the defensive. Any advice? <laughs> yeah, this is to the ask a manager column. Uh, they say, yeah, you need to talk to Kate. And whatever, whatever problem she has with William about this joke, she can't freeze him out. Maybe use the English accent. Hello, love. <laughs> Governor. One more. Uh, this is somebody writing into Slate with a problem. Is it reasonable to keep my sister away from my infant after I heard her singing a darkly humorous lullaby? <laughs> okay. I'm not sure about this one. I thought I knew her. What's, what's going on here? I have a four-month-old daughter named Matilda. Like most infants, she's wonderful, but also a little handful. So I've been fortunate to have family who is both able and willing to step in and help. Somewhat surprising was an offer to help from my older sister. I'm 29. She is 35. My older sister's name is Harriet. Harriet's been pretty openly child-free and has never really seemed to like kids. But last week, she offered to watch my daughter when I had to run out for some errands. I went. Errands were done. Harriet didn't report any issues. And when I got back, she was even singing to my daughter. Specifically, I heard her saying this. Twinkle, twinkle, little brat, I will feed you to the cat. <laughs> now, we do not, in fact, have a cat. Uh -huh. But it was sung in the same sort of calming sing-song voice like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star is usually yeah, sung yeah, in. Yeah, I get it. Needless to say, this sparked an argument between us, and our husbands got pulled into it as well. Harriet's of the position that it doesn't mean anything. A child that young doesn't understand words anyway. And she got bored singing the same lines over and over again. Yeah, I make up my own words. I don't want her near my daughter anymore. But a lot of my family thinks I'm overreacting. Am I? I don't think she'll actually mistreat my child. Or I don't think she's going to feed her to a cat. Or feed her to a cat. But I think her attitude towards children is enough to not leave mine with her anymore. Yeah, I think you need to relax a bit. <laughs> yeah. Emily McCombs encourages the letter writer not to make too big a deal out of this. Quote, your baby doesn't know what lyrics Harriet was singing. All she was... Might, I mean, the kid might have liked the lyrics. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. You're going to feed me to a cat, huh? That's well, wild. All she saw was a person who was caring for her and singing to her in a soothing voice. Yeah, and if you're not comfortable with somebody watching your kid, I'll just say this. If, if there's some sort of red flag and you're, you feel like you're not comfortable letting someone watch your kid, then you don't let that person watch your kid. Yeah. You don't have make to make other, a big... Make other arrangements. Don't make a big speech. Don't make a big production on yeah, it. Yeah, just... I'm not going to choose her. Right. I don't, I don't like for all this cat food talk. Saying my, my four-month-old kid is a cat food. I don't like that. But also, yeah... Maybe just, maybe just calm down. Five. 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 Number five. The new Avatar movie. Yes. Avatar The Way of Water. That'll yes. be in theaters for Christmas this year. For there. Christmas. <laughs> Again, I have yet to meet anyone who's excited to see this movie, which is crazy because the original that came out in 2009 is like the number one movie of all time. No movie has made more money than the original Avatar. But no one likes it. How does that make any sense? 
I just don't know anyone that's excited about it. Are we going to have to go see it because... Was the first one too long? Well, it was according to uh, my my son when we watched it. That was his review. We watched it on uh, on Netflix or something. And when it was done, he looked at me and said, that was longer than it needed to be. And I thought, yeah, that's that's, a- that's the perfect review. Mike Schultz said, yeah, no, that's what I should have said. Uh, Avatar 2 will be, according to this now, the new runtime has been released. It's and? been 13 years since this mo- yeah. Avatar came out. The sequel will be three hours and ten minutes long. Mm. Why? It hopes to join an elite club of longer Hollywood tentpoles. Avengers Endgame was three hours and two minutes. James Cameron's Titanic was three hours and 14 minutes. And those movies are number two and number three on the list of uh, all-time box office. So... Maybe he, he thinks longer movies mean more box office. The original Avatar is 29 minutes shorter than its sequel. The original Avatar, two hours and 41 minutes. What do you think the runtime for Gone with the Wind is? Ooh, now I, I know that that's a longer movie because Pat Summerall explained to us last <laughs> week that they couldn't Part get it one on. of Gone. With the wind. <laughs> he couldn't get it all on on one Sunday night. Yeah. I'm going to say the runtime for Gone with the Wind. It's a movie I've, I've struggled to watch. I know there's a big intermission in yeah, the middle. Yeah, there's an intermission. I'll say the actual runtime for Gone with the Wind is uh, three and a half hours. Three hours and 58 minutes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's... How did you get people to sit still that long back then? It, back in 19, what, 39? Right. That's what we're doing for the day. We're going to see that movie. That's it. That's the whole day. Reading in The Hollywood Reporter this morning, they say throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, movies have gotten longer, with many Hollywood event picks running over two hours and 30 minutes, which by traditional standards is considered lengthy. The one exception was Spider-Man No Way Home, which came in just under the wire at two hours and 28 minutes. I enjoyed that movie. It was too long. They say here the trend will continue throughout the rest of the year. December tentpole Babylon from Paramount runs at least three hours. Marvel and Disney's Black Panther Wakanda, which opens on November 11th, is two hours and 41 minutes. When the Batman came out earlier this year, that was two hours and 55 minutes. A movie's running time includes credits, which can, which can be another 10 minutes. So keep that in mind. You're not necessarily going to watch all of it. 10 minutes, you can, you can leave. Although, with these superhero movies, they make you stick around because there's something after the credits, usually. The Way of the Water has not yet released their official runtime, but the movie's run length began leaking once it got an official rating. It'll be a PG-13 movies. Get it? Leaking? And some theaters inadvertently listed the running time on their websites when they posted the rating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Should I not have done that? <laughs> what different? Why don't we need... Why, what, why do you need... want to trick people into thinking <laughs> it's a shorter movie? <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah, no, it's 90 minutes. <laughs> Uh, totally 90 well, minutes. They, they did the re-release of the first Avatar, and that thing made another $76 million. Wow. 
So the first Avatar has made $2.92 billion. If you win the Powerball tonight, you'll have a third of the money that the first Avatar made in the theaters. Way of the Water once again centers on Sully and Navi's character. Uh, they pick up a decade after the original and follows their family. I don't know what any of this means. I don't really remember anything about that movie. It will be at your favorite movie theater on December the 16th. Is Avatar a love story? Yeah, kind of. I mean, he falls in love with one of the blue people. See, I should know what they're called. I don't. What are they called? The Blue Man Group. <laughs> the Avatars. But that's not what that... He, they go to this planet to, to steal ore. And in order to, to make that happen, they zap themselves into the bodies of these Martians. It's just... I and don't they know. use the Polar Express <laughs> to get there. I, I could wrap my head around that. I, I don't know what any of it means. And, you know, I'm the first one in line for anything science fiction or fantasy. This thing was just, oh, I don't understand. And if, if you're excited to see The Way of the Water, please let me know. Because, again, I'm genuinely looking for someone to tell me they can't wait to see Avatar 2. Clearly, people like the first movie. It's made nearly $3 billion. Well, no, that's not true. A lot of people went and saw the movie. Yeah, but then... Some people are seeing it more than once, right? I be, was there somebody that like set the record for, for... freaks? <laughs> I'm going to see this movie a hundred times if it kills me. We when we went to Disney World, they had a uh, a ride that you wait for two hours to get on, and then they they strap you onto this dinosaur and you fly around on it, and it was really cool. But when it was over, I, I didn't think, wow, it makes me want to rewatch those movies. Maybe it just made me think, well, that was, that was fun, but that could have, been, could have been anything. I don't understand what any of it means. Well, that ride kind of made me a little horny. <laughs> horny for dinosaurs now. <laughs> I don't want to watch that movie, though. Am I hungry or horny? What just... a, what's going on with me right now? Is that a thing, like, that you got that hangry? Yeah, horny and hu- horny and hungry, horngry, horngry, horngry is when you're horny and hungry at the same time, huh? And <laughs> you're you're horny for food. So horny for food right now. I need to eat something. I'll have the chicken pot pie, please. <laughs> I need a chicken pot pie in 15 minutes alone, please. Chicken pot, chicken pot, chicken pot pie. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That was a journey. I laughed. Oh, I love and journey. I learned and I loved. All of those things happened during the Top 5 Things podcast. Great thanks to you, dear listener, for letting us uh, do this for you, and hanging out, downloading it, and subscribing to it, and uh, dare I say, probably uh, telling your friends about it. Maybe you're just chuckling to yourself with a pair of headphones on, and someone goes, what's so damn funny? And you say, uh, uh, Dave and Darren, top five things. All of those things. Nothing funny about that. Very much appreciated. Until we get a chance to do another one for you, hang loose, Coops. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. 
dabbing boys. Yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out. Come on. And it just don't stop. East Moline. Yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. Oh, we are the boys in the chorus. We hope you like our show. We know you're rooting for us, but now we have to go. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.